Welcome to the Donna Sebo Show. Donna is an international mental practitioner, psychic, award-winning author, counselor, speaker, teacher, and radio television talk show personality. She brings to the airwaves talented people from around the world who share their insights and experiences with you, the listening audience. Now, let's join Donna. Hello, my goodness, if you're feeling like frustration is absolutely filling your cup of life to overflowing and you'd like to chill out and just say, mm-mm, no more, well, I think we've got some good conversations going to help you this evening. I'm Donna Thibault, and I'm so glad you're joining me at my broadcasting table. We're talking with Gail Kimball. Now, Gail has been on my show before, but she put out a book, and it's not a very thick book, not a thick this woman has a capacity for research that probably would take me 10,000 lifetimes to even get to. She wrote about CALM, C-A-L-M, and that is in big letters right across the top of her book. And then the subtitle is How to Thrive in Challenging Times. Well, I've had one of those challenging days today, Gail. Oh, boy. I'll tell you what, your book was a delight to be able to go through, but being calm, and you wrote this book right during the pandemic. I did. Okay. This is something I think just about anybody can benefit from because you are so thorough and so nonsense in the information that you give. Now, you have written 20 plus books. Right. I'm a dancer, I'm a hiker, I'm a gardener, I'm a grandmother, so yes, I do get out of the house. Oh, for heaven's sake, my goodness, 20 books, whoa. You have won awards for your writing, and you have so much exposure to different philosophies and different modalities for how people can look at life from a different perspective, and I love Yeah, I took that picture when I was in Zurich on my way to Egypt. So that that cow really struck me as being very serene. <laughs> She's a happy cow. That's her kingdom. Yes. I know my sweet spot, and this is it. And by golly, she's taking advantage of it. How many times do we as human beings don't feel that we deserve to find what we would call that sweet spot of environment, which is in the image, it really does. And, you know, we, sometimes I think we muck things up so well. I know I have at different times in my life. And I just look at it in, in retrospect and I think, gee, I worked so hard at being miserable. I worked so hard at being stressed. And have you felt that way at times? Well, I certainly felt that way in the PhD program. I felt that way when I was teaching eighth graders. Um, I felt that way my first years teaching in university, doing all the prep and dealing with the politics. Uh, first year of having a baby and not sleeping was difficult. Yeah, so I, I definitely have. <laughs> you 
and relationships and interactions in business, just like you referred to. There are so many things. And then when you look at what people went through and how fear just grips them in their guts to such a degree, and of course, media does a wonderful job of implementing, you know, and really soaking the fires of fear. And most of the time, we don't know what we don't know, and it creates a, lot, a big conundrum for us. It really does. And you go in to some very specific things, and this is right in the beginning of your book. And you have a sentence where you say, we feel stressed when we feel we cannot cope with challenges. Right. And why is it just with challenges? I mean, this is something that's part of life. There's nobody that's going to get through life without being kicked in the teeth a few million times. So why is it you think we have such a difficulty with it? Well, I think in some ways we're like little ducks. We imprint on our parents. So if our parents had the habit of being worried and anxious and feeling like they never had enough, then then we have to work really hard to change that pattern. So I think a lot depends on on our duck experience, so to speak, of, of modeling our parents. So a lot of people have to relearn new ways of feeling that life can be enjoyable and relaxing and that kind filled with kindness and that kind of thing. So that, that takes some work. And in psychology, they, they call it cognitive restructuring. And I think that a lot of people need to relearn habits of negativity, shift it to positivity. So I, I think like an example that's really powerful is when something is difficult and painful, instead of saying, you know, I'm, I'm really unlucky, we can say, oh, this is a great opportunity to be stronger, to change a pattern, to learn, to, um, to reshape how I react. So if we look at challenges, difficulties as opportunities for growth, they're not easy, but instead of feeling victims, we feel like we're learners. I think that makes a huge difference. And I have found that to be very true. Well, you go into visualization, and I dare say almost everyone has heard about visualization. It's very much employed in sports activities. There isn't a champion that exists that has not used visualization. There are training programs that employ this in sports. And so often we think, well, that's okay for somebody else, but why is it going to serve me? And there's so much research behind this. Why is visualizing, and then of course, the, you know, what is it? You have the dream board, or your goal board, or your vision board, whatever term you want to apply to it. And I'll tell you, I can remember putting one of those vision boards together, and I looked at it, and I go, eh, no big, you know, and I just didn't pay any attention to it. And I found that many times when I put up on the vision board, really wasn't what I really, really want. And that is something that I don't think a lot of people realize. But intention, along with visualization, that's a powerful team. Let's talk about that. Well, I think 
The reason that visualizations are so powerful is simply that they're a way to harness our thought patterns. And I, I want to give listeners some evidence that thought is really powerful. Um, but we all know about placebo, that 40% of patients who take a sugar pill get better. Uh, even and that's true even if they know it's placebo if, if they're told this has helped other people it's a sugar pill um, they have results or to me this is very powerful people who have multiple personality disorders you know they're called it's called disassociative identity disorder this to me is so amazing one personality in the same body can have diabetes and the other not one personality can need glasses to read and the other doesn't. One personality could be sensitive to medication and the other isn't. So my point is that thought affects our bodies. It's powerful. Um, there's a lot of experiments in laboratories with just our thought, our intention. We change how cells grow or how yeast releases oxygen slower or faster so if we do visualizations it's just a little tricky way to have our minds be focused so i can give you an example of a visualization to get centered for example okay so um if you're not driving you can uh shut your eyes and think be behind your eyes and imagine a room in the center of your head. So obviously we don't have a real room in our head, but pretend that you do. And you can decorate it or not. You can have windows looking out at dolphins frolicking in Maui Bay or a beautiful mountain meadow, whatever appeals to you. And then you imagine sitting in a throne. So you are in this throne in the center of your head with your feet on the ground and in command. And the reason this is a centering visualization is because it aligns us with the energy center between the eyebrows that people call the third eye. And that, that third eye is centered, it is neutral, it's not emotional, and it's clear seeing. So if we do that simple visualization, be behind your eyes, be in your, on your throne in the center of your room, then uh, it's an easy way to get centered and calm and not be reactive. Most people go through life from their gut. Oh, oh no, oh, oh my God, oh, you know, and so that it's a habit of reacting from our gut, I would say our second chakra rather than the sixth chakra. So that's an example of a simple but very powerful visualization that I use a lot. The word resilience has come up in many conversations that I have with people, and they will say they don't think the younger generation has much resilience that they're sort of flighty, and there's all kinds of different commentaries that are made. I don't know of any older generation that hasn't complained of the younger generation right. some kind or another. This just seems to be a natural thing. Why? Because the older individual has gone through a lot of ups and downs in life, 
and then they see someone in their 20s who basically doesn't have, they don't have the common sense of an ant because they haven't had any real life experiences. So it's very quick and easy to make a judgment, but the truth is that we learn through life stresses and ups and downs. And we may not like it, just like we would not like to take the castor oil for a dosage of whatever, then we're not going to like a lot of the life experiences that come our way but it's part of the learning process. Right, and, and I do want to say something in defense of Generation Z. So those are the people that are age 12 to 26 now, and I wrote about them in my Climate Girls Saving Our World. So those young people, like Greta Thunberg, are, are leading the climate movement. I mean, not just them, but they're, they're very influential figures. And I, I just spoke with a college class um, for another one of the books I'm working with about young people who are change makers, and they said, look, we were born in a time of where we've experienced an epidemic, we've experienced the split between blue and red in this country, we've experienced knowing that we're going to have huge student debt, the climate change is destroying our planet. We don't know if we'll have a future. We don't know if we want to bring kids into this kind of disaster. We've experienced, you know, economic uh, falling apart in 2008, the crazy politicians who are destroying democracy. So they, they, they are very well informed about what's going on and um, it's, it's a huge burden that they feel that is on their shoulder to somehow correct it. So I don't think of them as flighty. I think of them as very aware, concerned, and I'm hopeful for them. Oh, I'm definitely hopeful because that's what life is. Again, I have not, when you study history, you find that every generation is going to have its challenges. I haven't found one generation in history that this and we are so fortunate in so many ways. And that's why the understanding of how each of us individuals have a power in our own lives that we can exercise. But that means that we have to be open to learning things. I don't care what the age is. I don't care what the age is. Right. And that's what your book on Paul, Getting Through Very Difficult, Challenging Times, how that aspect of resilience, and you use the word hardiness, that is what it takes. Yeah, and you know it has a companion book called Calm Parents and Children, a guidebook. And I uh, had the visualizations um, made understandable for kids. So part of the Calm Parents and Children is, is visualizations that, that children can do. It's simple. They look at identical twins separated at birth, <laughs> and, and they find that they have like 
extroversion or introversion, certain kind of personality characteristics that um, hold true for these identical twins. So they can say, okay, that's, that's genetic. But you're right, 40% of our happiness is our thinking process because they find that people who are like are lose a leg in an accident or people who win the lottery they soon return to their previous state of mind so it's not so much about what's going on around us but how we react and you know it's so interesting now they're finding out that even our genes our DNA is responsive to our environment and changes so if I'm stressed and smoking and eating junk food and not exercising, that, that affects which genes express and that is also passed on to my ancestors. So that really makes an important point that we, we need to be mindful of, of how we're living our life and, and looking at life as a challenge and as half full rather than half empty and making time to be kind and, and that kind of thing. You know, it, I just want to say, I, I read a study recently for, from uh, John Gottman and his wife's study, Happy Marriages, and they found something really simple, and that is a real key factor, and I think this applies not only to marriages, but to child rearing, is people that stay together, their partner would, if they said something, they would, they would go, oh, that's interesting. They wouldn't go, I'm busy don't talk to me. In other words, they would give a positive, didn't have to be elaborate or extensive, but a little caring, kind response. And I think a lot of times in families, people get so stressed and busy, especially in the U.S. where we don't have the kind of social supports they have in the Nordic countries, that we that people end up not being kind to each other. And that that's, that's destructive. There's a Dr. Wayne Coffey that doing something, and I thought it was so fascinating because it relates to something a South Korean physician told me, and it had to do with fear, but this particular aspect, he said, programming the subconscious with a temporal tap on the skull about one half inch from the ear, starting at the front orifice, up behind the ear on the skull to the bottom of the earlobe. That just fascinated me because one aspect that this South Korean doctor had said to me is rub your ear, rub the entire ear. Right. And you go in what would be from the, someone looking at you doing it, it would be in a clockwise motion. You would start at the front of the ear and you rub all the way up around and behind and you make a full circle but you massage regularly. That's and because it has all the reflexology points that connect to the organs of the body, just like the, the hands and the feet do. So it's a good idea to rub our feet and hands and ears. You're, you're absolutely right. That just fascinated me. I had not seen that written in by anybody else in my, in my particular experience, so I wanted to share that. And you also bring up some very, very good about how to work with the body. Now, I know many people who are healers that do a lot of public work, and sometimes they finish and they're just wiped up. And you have some wonderful suggestions in this book and how to get rid of this 
Thank you. Um, you know, I do um, energy work, uh, healing work, I guess you should, you could call it, on the phone. And I've worked with people who were like in satanic rituals as children and, you know, really devastating, horrible things. And I don't ever feel depleted because I don't relate with my personal energy field. I, I just bring in energy from higher source. When, when I'm doing the work. So my, my thought is anyone who's doing healing work, if they're tired afterwards, it's a signal to them, you're using your own personal energy. Don't do that. Be a, be a vessel. Like Native Americans say, be a hollow bone to, to bring in the, the, the universal healing energy. I teach a Zoom class in clairvoyance and healing, and I, I say that to them a fair amount, that, um, you know, be a hollow bone, bring energy in from outside, and also your personal energy is not good for someone else, so it can feel uh, contaminating. I, I've, you know, been in classes where people were trying really hard to be good healers, and I felt kind of slimed because they were pumping their energy towards me. So if for all kinds of reasons, it, it's we want to keep our energy in our own little energy bubble and channel higher source. Mm -hmm. Be that hollow bone. I like that. <laughs> Good. Share that with people. Howard Gardner defined multiple intelligence as picture smart, body smart, music smart, people smart, self smart, and nature smart. And you also go into kinesthetic. And I, I really think that that is such a good, good tool to use. Muscle kinesiology is very good to use. And I love your section on the use of roses. And the fragrance of roses is just wonderful. Yeah. And you can have different levels of scent with the roses. But that is a very powerful image. Why is that the case? Well, let me just back up. You mentioned kinesiology, and I, I want listeners to know about Brain Gym, uh, GYM. And what Brain Gym found when they're working with kids and with learning disabilities is that when we get stressed, speaking of stress, we get homolateral. We're aligned right, right, left, left, whereas a healthy energy field is aligned right side of the brain, left side of the body, left side of the brain, right side of the body. So a really simple but powerful kinesiology is to cross crawl. So I suggest that students before any test, the a family in the morning before going off to work in school or whatever, cross crawl a little bit. So that means I touch my right elbow to my left knee and my left elbow to my right knee. So it, it, 
drink water and cross crawl it's a good way to start the day and then in terms of roses um, they were developed by Louis Bostwick who um, is he never wrote books but he developed these kind of tools for clairvoyance that I talk about in my essential energy tools book how to develop your clairvoyant and healing abilities and he, he used roses because they're really versatile so he he did a really smart thing as he gave beginning clairvoyant readers a template so instead of just going oh my gosh is anything gonna pop up when I try to read Susie and no he says then use a rose as a template so the the roots of the rose would be how grounded the person is um, you know if the rose looks healthy they're healthy you know I've looked at people who are alcoholics and it was like a black swath cut through the the top of the rose so um, they're, they're a versatile template on which to put your your intuitive senses I think that it is just such a lovely section of your book because you have some illustrations along with it and uh, you talk about how to use roses to create the atmosphere in rooms that you spend a lot of time in for right. your office There's, there are so many things that this as a tool is very very useful but I delighted also, and I love the illustration of little Tinkerbell with a balloon. Yeah. Had the word goal on it, and the face of a man, a face of a woman, and of course it's tethered to the ground. But little Tinkerbell, and I just, I just have to say that because that's exactly who she looks like. Yeah, but with that balloon. Well, it's it's another visualization that harnesses the power of thought and it really really works it's a it's a great way to I I've done it in workshops for unexpected money from a good source one woman got forty thousand dollars unexpectedly from an insurance settlement she didn't apply for um, I was snorkeling in an island off of Tanzania and Tanzanian paper money came floating up on, on the beach after a workshop I did there. Um, I have there are a lot more stories like that. I, I don't know if we have time, but if you like, we can we can have the, the goal visualization with the balloon. Yes, we have time. Go ahead and do it. Okay, so everybody, please pick a goal that's you haven't achieved that is achievable in the near future. And then um, when you achieve it, let me know about it. Um, so imagine a balloon in front of you. And Donna, what color is yours? Mine's multicolored. Okay. Red, gold, and white. Okay, good. And then write the goal. Um, let's, let's do unexpected money just because it's kind of fun. So unexpected money from a good source. We see the words in the balloon and then we put the feeling of yes all right i love the power of intention i love the power of mind and thought yay and then you put a little grounding cord on the balloon and we set the intention release anything that stands in the way of unexpected money from a good source and you can just breathe it down you don't have to know what it is, just anything that stands in the way of the goal. 
We breathe it down. And then you fill your balloon 100% with amusement. And amusement is very powerful because it's fluid. It's flexible. It's not stuck or rigid like trying too hard and being too serious. So 100% full of amusement. And then fill it, the balloon 100% with enthusiasm. This is so fun to manifest. We love manifesting good things. Yay. And then imagine that your fairy godmother drives up in her coach and she has a wand in her hand and she steps out and fills your balloon 100% with gold miracle dust. Sprinkle, 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 sprinkle. And she says, darling, call on me whenever you want to manifest. I love to help you humans. And then she drives off in her coach. And then you undo the cord, turn the balloon into a helium balloon, and send it off to do its work. So it's hooking you up on the etheric plane with unexpected money from a good source. And there's one more step that's very important because what gets in the way a lot of times is our unconscious beliefs, our unconscious self-sabotage. I don't deserve, I can't, I don't know how, I'm not able. So this last step is you imagine a gauge like a speedometer, thermometer from one to a hundred. And I'm going to ask you a question and see what percentage you get. So the question is, how much permission do you give yourself to achieve your goal in the near future? And Donna, what did you get? 90%. Okay. So if people are not at 100, you move it up 10% today. So Donna, you'd be done today. But if someone was at 80, they would do 10% today and then 10% the next day. And you, you may have a better way of doing this, but I just visualize like I would scrub a burnt rice cooking pan. So you just go scrub, 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 90, scrub, 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 95, scrub, 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 to 100. So that, that's a really important one because someone will say, you know, I weigh 300 pounds and I want to lose weight. But their unconscious will say, oh, no. I need this to feel safe. I don't want to do the dating thing. This makes me feel protected. So we really have to deal with like the iceberg, the vast majority that's under the water, like our unconscious. And that simple little gauge tool is a good way to clean up any unconscious self-sabotage. That is fascinating. All of that is in your book. It's also in the Essential Energy Tools book with with more detail because it's a longer book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but calm, how to thrive in challenging times. There's so many good tips in here. You know, I think it's... She's achieving the goals is very good, but there's so many more, so many wonderful, wonderful tips regarding so many different situations. Thanks, Donna. I, I do want people who don't know about energy psychology to investigate it. Um, so that's where like emotional freedom technique where you tap on um, acupressure points because in my work doing clairvoyant and 
kind of intuitive coaching, I was looking for something that was a little more body-based. And this energy psychology does it. It's a really good way to clear out those uh, unconscious self-sabotage, I don't deserve, I can't, kind of what you were talking about at the beginning of people who think that they have to be unhappy. Um, so emotional freedom technique uh, developed by Gary Craig, it's worth exploring. And in your book, Home, there's a lot of references here that, that people can utilize and can explore. You talk about free films, Canadian, there's just so much available, and you've done such a wonderful job at putting all of this together. Gail Kimball, people can go to your website. You have all kinds of materials there. I love the visualization of the gold balloon. I thought that was great. Oh, good. And there, they can go to your website, Gail Kimball, G-A-Y-L-E, K-L-I-K-I-N-G, I-M-B-A-L-L dot info and they'll be able to find out more about your work. Well, as always, Gail, you have so many good tips Oh, Donna, let me just say I have a lot of interesting free videos on my YouTube channel. So that's oh. another good resource. And I demonstrate a lot of these kind of tools uh, on the YouTube channel. Wonderful. Well, Gail, we've just shared a lot this evening. I'm delighted. And I know you're going to have more good things for me to share at another time as well. You bet. <laughs> Happy Halloween. And I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you, Donna. Me too. You're great. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is people here. We're saying goodbye to Gail Kimball, and be sure you check out her website, gailkimball.com.